Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Thank you, Daryl. Yeah, so good. His goodness running after us. Don't you just love that? Yeah. So welcome, everybody. So good to see you. And um, yeah, nice to see you in your lounges there, enjoying your coffee. Good, uh, good to see you guys. And uh, so, so much uncertainty in our world at the moment. It's a great time for us to get our lives focused on the Lord and to root ourselves, anchor ourselves in who He is and what He says about our lives, what He says about the future, what He says about the present. And, you know, tonight we're wondering, is there going to be an extension of this uh, level four lockdown? You know, all these kinds of things. And, you know, most likely there, there will be one. But whatever it's going to be, let us make sure that we step into the place of peace, knowing that God is able to care for us, to look after us, and to ensure that we are in the, the center of his will. And so we we step into peace regardless of what's going on with a storm all around us. doesn't matter what's going on in terms of, uh, you know, the levels of lockdown. God is not limited by that, you know. So you might be limited in going to the gym. Probably I'm going to be, you know, having to miss, you know, going to the gym this week. You know, that'll make it about seven years in a row now. But, um, you know, we've, we've all got these different things that we need to navigate with, uh, with the lockdown levels. But, you know, God is not limited by lockdown levels. Hallelujah. So, last week when we were together, we, uh, we were in Romans chapter 8. And, you know, it's just such a beautiful passage. There's so much more in that chapter. So, we just want to return there uh, again today. So, Romans 8 and 20, uh, 28 is just that most powerful, powerful verse. You know, it's just saying that God is working all things out, right? We know that all things work together for good. To those who love God. And that can also be alternatively translated that in all things God works together with those who love Him. You know, so God is working for good, God is at work, He's causing all things to come together and He's pulling it uh, into alignment with His plans and His purposes for our lives, and it fits into alignment with who he is, his nature, his character. That's why we can sing that the goodness of God is running after me. Right? We all know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. It's going to be wherever I go, it's just like goodness and mercy just following me. <laughs> you just love that? Wherever we go, it doesn't matter where, where, where we are in life, it's his mercy and his goodness that's going to be coming after us, following us wherever we go. Now let's move on to verse 31. And uh, this is where we want to be this morning. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. 
Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, nakedness, danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons nor heavenly rulers, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you encouraged by that? Isn't that just absolutely phenomenal? Paul writing to the believers in Rome and he's encouraging them and telling them, guys, you might be going through some difficulty, you might be suffering, there might be some hardship, but take heart, God is with you, God is for you. And the reason Paul has to write this to them is because that some of the believers, although they were in Christ Jesus, they were looking at their circumstances and wondering, is God still with me? Does he still love me? Am I still in the faith because I'm facing all these hardships? And he's saying to them, you are saved. God has got you. You're saved by his righteousness you saved by your belief in him, not your good works. And as you believe rightly and you are in him, you are justified. You've been saved, you've been redeemed. And yet you still face hardship, difficulty, suffering. It doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. It doesn't mean that God is angry with you. Come on, South Africa, we need to know God is not angry with us. He's not angry with the world. He's not written us off because we're going through some difficulty. Well, where's God in this? He's right with, there with you. Yay. And this is what Paul is saying to the believers in Rome all those years ago, and it's applying to us today. You know, you might be facing financial hardship, difficulty, isolation, separation from your loved one, all of these different things. Might have lost people who are close to us, and we're kind of feeling heart sore and, and going through all kinds of emotional difficulties and turmoils. It's kind of like, well, God, where are you? You know, have you left me? Have I, have, have, you know, am I too far gone? Whatever these different lies that the enemy wants to put into our hearts and our minds... To, to cause us to doubt or to cause us to open up our hearts to the whole thing of fear. And I believe that the Lord wants to encourage us really strongly today that he's with us, he's for us, he's got us, and that he is going to cause all things to work together for good. Yeah? All right. So let's just have another little look at these verses together. Let's go back to verse 31. What then 
shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, so in response to what? So in this chapter, Paul has been saying there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're not under law anymore. We're under grace. We're people of faith. All right? We're not people who walk according to the flesh, but we're those who walk according to the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is working in us, and He's interceding for us. And you know, all of creation is longing, groaning, waiting for us to step into the fullness, the sons of God, that we would be revealed, we would step into the maturity, that we would walk in the calling that He's called us, that as we bring and release the kingdom in greater measure, so the earth sees that and is released from its bondage and its groaning and all of these hardships and difficulties. Right? And he's saying that, you know, God is working powerfully. We've been adopted into the family. All right? And God is working all things together according to his plans and purposes. So we're saying in response to the fact that he's chosen us and he's called us, we're being fashioned and formed into the likeness of the image of Christ Jesus. In response to all these things, what are we going to say? All right? God is for us. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's demonstrating that God is not against us. God is for us. God loves us. God is working in our hearts and our lives in spite of everything that we see. God is not against us. God is not abandoning us. God is not trying to do us a dirty. No, he's cleaning us up and he's causing us to become glorious. Hallelujah. Come on, this is powerful. So if God is for us, who can be against us? And let's not give the enemy too much credit. Let's not be devil-focused, but let's be recognizing that God is for us. The enemy, he tries all of his hardships, difficulties, disruptions, chaos, all of these things, but he's not going to win. God is going to win. This is what Paul is saying. All right. So who can be against us? Oh, the government's against me. Listen, the government is nothing. It doesn't matter what man does. It doesn't matter what any organization does. If God has determined in his heart that he is for us, well, what can man do? Come on. All of these things are small in comparison to the greatness, the power, the majesty, the magnificence of who God is. He is the all-powerful one. Right? So we're getting our hearts coming into alignment with the truth of who God is. And that's why when we dig into the scriptures, it's so powerful. It has a life-transforming impact and influence in our lives. And it's meant to. It's meant to cause us to become stronger. It's meant to get us to be on a firm foundation where we're not being blown about by all of the stormy winds, right? No matter what other wave comes, it's not going to cause us to drown. Why? Because we're anchored in the Word. We've got this, this, this sure place, this sure footing 
that causes us to keep standing. And so the word comes and it impacts our hearts and our minds and it's speaking to us and it's causing us to be established. Come on, if God is for us, who can be against us? Do not fear what the enemy is doing. You know, the biggest thing that we face when it comes to this virus that's going around, it's not so much just the, the physical you know, things that are coming against people's bodies, but it's the fear that's attacking people's minds. It's the fear that's causing people to lose heart. This is the big thing that we're battling in this hour. Way more than a, a medical condition is a mental condition and a faith condition. So we, we don't need to partner with fear. We can recognize the fears there. We can see it. So I see you, but you're not going to rule me. I see you, but I'm not going to partner with you. I'm actually going to partner with peace, faith, hope, love. And I know that God is more powerful than this virus. Come on, a 99% recovery rate. Why do we want to partner with fear when there's a 99% success rate? Gosh, man, when I was at university, if I had a 99%, it's kind of like, yay. Now, only once did I get 100%, and that was absolutely amazing. Astounded everybody. All my mates kind of like, what happened to you? So, listen, 99%, we take that, Right? That's an amazing success rate. Why do we want to buy the lie of fear? Let's not embrace fear. Let's not partner with it. Let's embrace the power of God, the bigness of God, His ability to watch over us and to carry us through, bring us into victory. Come on I'm preaching myself happy this morning. Okay, so Paul goes on and he further underlines this argument, you know, who can be against us if God is for us? He, he then sort of says, here's the proof of it. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? If God the Father gave his son, if he demonstrated the fact that he is for us by not withholding his son, there's echoes of Abram not withholding Isaac in this passage, but it demonstrates that God gave the most precious of all things, Jesus the action of the Father and the action of the Son in the whole part of redemption. It cost him. The Father suffered. He understands our suffering. The Father suffered as he went through the separation of the Son during that time of the crucifixion. And even knowing all of this stuff, the Father still gave the Son. Now, if he gave the son, which was the most important uh, of 
of anything in the entire you know, universe and for all eternity. If God gave his son, which is the most costly thing, well, what are you quibbling about God giving you other things to be able to live, to exist? He will graciously, because he's full of grace and of mercy, he will graciously give us all things. So why are you worrying about food and drink and rent and all of these small little minor things? If we can give to you eternal redemption, salvation, these temporary things are as nothing compared to what he's already given. And if he's given you the most, he's not going to worry and quibble about giving you the least. Come on. <laughs> Aren't you filled with hope and courage? God is able. He's got you. He's got this. He's not miserly and stingy and mingy. No, no. He is the gracious one and he's going to give us everything that we need. All things. Oh, let's have a drink to that. <laughs> Verse 33. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. See, again, he's just saying, you know what? God has made you to be right and in right standing with him. You've been made just. Right? So there's no charge. Who's bringing a charge against you? You don't have to worry about courts of heaven or any of these kinds of things. God has justified you. All right? There's no charge against you. So then who is the one who condemns? No one. Right at the beginning of this chapter, he says, therefore, now in Christ Jesus, there is no more condemnation. So there's no condemnation. So, hey, no one. He explains, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Oh, my goodness. We looked at this a little bit last time. God is praying for us. He is interceding the will of God in the Father, and, and, and where we are right now, he's bringing these things together. And so the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, who's searching the heart and the mind of God and knowing us in our weakness, and he's bringing these two things together. He's bringing that reconciliation of our circumstances into the will of God, and the will of God into our circumstances. And so these things are being aligned, and he's causing us to step into his plan, his purpose, his will for our lives. So don't worry if you see chaos and, and, and all kinds of storms around. God is able to bring these things together. And God himself is praying that his will will be accomplished in your life. <laughs> you don't even have to rely on your own prayers. Okay? God is a way far better prayer than what you are. Jesus is interceding for us, our, our, our older brother, all right? He's the first to, he's the first fruits. As we step into the family, he is the one who's praying and he's interceding. And he knows our weaknesses, he knows our suffering, and he's, he's praying that, that the will of God might crash into our life and these circumstances and our life might be pulled up into conformity with his plans, his purposes, his will. And he's working all things out 
together for good. And God is working in those circumstances. I mean, it's just like win-win and win all over again. Yay? All right. So, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, some translations say tribulation. Don't worry about the tribulation. Hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, the sword. Who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? What is going to separate us from the love of Christ? So who? There's no one. The devil is not strong enough to hold you back. Come on. The devil is not big enough. And, and circumstances, right? COVID, a crashing economy, political turmoil, people barricading streets, crime, violence. It doesn't matter what it is that you're facing in the natural. Nothing will be able to stop God's love from getting through to you. Nothing is going to cause you to fall away. Don't worry about what's happening on the planet. Don't worry about what's happening around you. God's love is way more powerful than anything you're facing. Do not empower those things, but look to the Lord. Put your hope, your trust, your faith in the Lord. He is the one who is the all-powerful one. So it's written, for your sake we face death all day long, verse 35, uh, 36. We considered as sheep to be slaughtered. You know what, we're facing these hardships, we're facing these difficulties, but don't panic, because in verse 37, no. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow! Don't worry about demons. Don't worry about politicians. Don't worry about what's happening with the economy. Don't what's hap worry about what's happening with the virus. Don't worry about anything that causes people to run after fear and to be intimidated. Do not go down that track. But fix your gaze firmly on the Lord and be in a place of faith and trust and believing that God is more than capable. Nothing is going to be able to separate you from his love. And in fact, you are more than a conqueror. More than. God is working so powerfully to establish you that you're not just going to scrape through, you're going to conquer, but you're going to conquer with such great power that you're going to look like you are more than a conqueror. You are triumphing. Hallelujah. All right, so as we bring our time to a close here, I want to encourage you. God's got you. He's got this. He's going to cause you to come into alignment with his scriptures. And the very thing that has been spoken to us 
through the word, brings us hope and courage and boldness and life because this is who God is and this is what he's doing in our lives together. God's love is so powerful and it's sticking to us and nothing is going to be able to break that bond. Oh, come on. So good. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that you are causing us to be victorious. You're causing us to be triumphant. Thank you, Lord, that your love is so powerful. We don't need to worry about anything else. We don't need to jump into a place of fear, intimidation. We are not downtrodden and beaten into a pulp. No, you're causing us to rise up and to be more than conquerors. Thank you, Lord, that you are working in our lives and in our circumstances. You're raising us up. You're causing us to be more than conquerors. And you are ensuring that all things will work together for good. Hallelujah. So we give you praise and we give you thanks. In your wonderful powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.